Well, hey, friends, and welcome back to Wednesday of Holy Week here on The Daily 2021. It's March the 31st, and today we are going to jump to Matthew 24, uh, still covering kind of the last moments of Jesus' life uh, before his crucifixion. And so today, uh, in verses 1 through 36, which I want to encourage you to uh, take a moment to pause here and go and read that text and then come back when you've read that. In today's text, what we see is Jesus talking about kind of the end of all things, the, the end of time. And, and so what we've seen in Matthew 24 uh, and that in the other texts we've been in is that uh, we need to trust in the authority of Jesus and we need to continue to uh, be strong in the power of Jesus. So we see this portrait of Jesus in Matthew's gospel and based on that, uh, we need to be longing for the coming of Jesus. There are these realities in our world of tribulation and deception and temptation and, and persecution, and these, for the Christian, create an anticipation of when Jesus will return. Uh, one commentator said, the more we live in this world, the more we long for Christ to come back to this world. And so this text that, um, we, that you hopefully read really leaves no doubt that the day of Jesus' return is not going to be a secret. It's going to be evident to everybody. His coming is going to be uh, public for all to see. It says the angels of heaven are going to let out this trumpet blast. Every eye is going to behold the Son of Man in the, in the sky. We see that in verses 29 to 31 of Matthew 24. And this is so different from his first coming. If you remember back even just in our own lives to Advent and Christmas a few months ago, the first time Jesus came, he shows up as a baby in a remote, obscure town. Uh, he goes largely unnoticed. Uh, maybe just a few shepherds and some farm animals, uh, and he comes the first time lying in a manger, destitute, poor, and yet the second time he comes as royalty riding on the clouds. This is what the prophecy in the book of Daniel talks about centuries before the life of Jesus. This is Daniel seven thirteen through 14. And I saw one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was escorted before him. He was given authority to rule and glory in a kingdom so that those of every people, nation, and language would serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that cannot be destroyed. So just as Jesus came, just as surely as he came in the first advent in humility to provide salvation... He comes the second time in glory to rule and reign and also to execute judgment. Matthew's reference to, quote, the clouds of heaven in verse 30 is, isn't just an allusion to Daniel 7, but it's, it's an allusion to what God's been revealing throughout the Old Testament. God uses this imagery of glory as a cloud uh, throughout the Old Testament. It's a pillar of cloud that leads God's people in the book of Exodus, in Exodus 13. Then at the end of the book of Exodus... God's glory is revealed in a cloud that covers the tabernacle. That's Exodus 40. Psalm 104 says that God makes the clouds his chariot. Isaiah 19 depicts God riding on a swift cloud. And so the picture we get in Matthew 24 is the glory of God revealed in the Son of God, who's Jesus, who comes on the clouds in power to execute his judgment and to begin his rule and reign, which will have no end. Now, in verse 30, Jesus says that the tribes of the earth will mourn when they see him coming. That day is going to be a day of judgment, and, and anyone who's not ready for that day, meaning anybody who has refused to, to trust in Jesus, who has continued to chase after their own sin, anyone who has done that and refused Jesus as king 
will have to come face to face with the one that they have rejected. And so this text creates this question in ourselves, or it should, of what if this happened today? Would I be ready? And if the question is no, then there's no better day than today to repent and to trust in Jesus. And so if you already have done that, you're a follower of Jesus, then the question for us is, are there things in our life that we still need to repent of, sins that we're holding on to, sins that we're holding hands with, so to speak? What are you doing today that would cause you to be ashamed if Jesus were to come in this moment, that you would want to hide from Jesus? If that's the case, you need to know that he already knows about those things. So let them go. Bring them to the open. Confess your sin and find in your king, in your savior, mercy so that you'll be ready for his coming. And then following Jesus' description in this text of his second coming, in verses 29 to 31, he tells this really interesting parable of the fig tree in verses 32 and 33. It's one of my favorite little sections of scripture in the whole Bible. And so there's this lesson in this parable that Christians, as Christians, we we know the signs of the coming of the return of Jesus, like we see the changing of the seasons. In a very real sense, we keep our we keep our eye to the sky, our hearts prepared. Even though we, we never can know the exact timing of his coming yet, we understand that it, it will be made evident by, uh, by signs like the coming of the seasons. Jesus uses the example of a fig tree and the coming of summer because you see the buds on the tree. And in a very real sense, that's what Easter time for many of us who live uh, in a part of uh, the United States where there are seasons, that's what Easter looks like. Right now, the trees are budding and we know summer is coming. We don't exactly know like when the exact first day of summer is, even though it's on a calendar date. That's not really it because it cannot be quite summer yet, even though it says it is. But we know summer is coming and we know one day we're going to walk outside and we're going to be like, man, summer's here. And this is the sense that we have. And we have the same confidence in knowing that Jesus is going to return as we do that knowing summer is coming. We don't exactly know when, but we know it's going to happen. And so while we watch, we also patiently wait. In verse 34, Jesus says this from our text today. I assure you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Now this verse has been confusing for a lot of people because it seems like Jesus is saying that the generation he was speaking to would see his second coming. And in fact, if you were following along with us in First and Second Thessalonians, that's one of the issues that that church deals with. There's a ton of discussion about what generation and pass away and all these things means, and good scholars have reached different conclusions. But whatever it is, it seems clear that Jesus didn't mean that he'd return before his disciples died. Obviously, we know that because it hasn't happened. He explicitly tells Peter in John 21 that Peter would be put to death. So he couldn't have been talking about before the disciples died. And so Matthew 24, 34 seems to teach that all the things that Jesus has talked about, tribulation, deception, temptation, persecution, all these end time things are going to happen to his disciples and that others in that generation would see the destruction of Jerusalem as a shadow, as a foretaste, as a sign of the return of Jesus. But those things are not the end. And so in the middle of these signs from generation to generation, the call for Christians is to wait patiently. And that's still the call for us today. If you're not yet a Christian, then the call for you is to trust in Christ and join us as we wait for our coming King, even as we look ahead 
to Friday and Sunday when we remember the death and the bodily resurrection of our King as we await his return. Once again, thank you for joining me for this little short time today. Uh, I hope you'll come back tomorrow as we continue on in uh, looking at the last sort of week of Jesus. Tomorrow has historically been called Maundy Thursday. Uh, If you come from a church tradition, you'll know what that means. Uh, But if not, I want to invite you to come back tomorrow as we discuss that and discuss the Last Supper of Jesus and where the tradition of communion in the church really comes from. So I hope you'll join me then for more of The Daily. 